Welcome to Texans Unfiltered. And here we go, here we go! A Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. And welcome to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am young Ari Gold, and I am currently solo as I record because... Nobody else is able to get in the stream yard. I don't know. They have, like, computer issues or something like that. They can't get in. They can't stream. I'm just here doing my thing. The, I didn't even mean for that to rhyme. It's just, it's naturally, that's just what happens with me. It's just, I drop bars as often as possible. Rumpelist, ill win. Is that how I would say it? Rumple, Rumple still win. Bang. That's actually pretty interesting. I, I've never until now taken the time to actually see what that, like, what, what your actual, like, username is. And you're my guy, so that's awful of me, considering how often we talk on Twitter. So, pretty shitty. Uh, welcome to another edition. Super excited to be here. Uh, super excited to talk to you guys. Lots of great things going on. Lots of big things happening for Texans Unfiltered. Uh, so many good things. I need to quiet my uh, Slack channel because it is super loud. So, we're going to pause it for two hours. So, there we go. The best. What's up? Joseph... Lopez, what's up? Um, Alright, so I guess people will trickle in here at some point, and if they don't, then we're just going to rock all night solo. So, nothing... See, this is the thing, bro. This is the thing. When I look at the usernames, like J Sinista, I'm assuming is how you would pronounce that. Bro, it's... it's. I'm from LA. Okay? I don't like the Dodgers. I root for the Astros, but LA is home. It's home, bro. I rep Houston hard, though. I don't know why y'all give me so much shit for it. It's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, all right. So, big things happening. Got a lot to talk about. Um, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Like, Sinister Six or just, like, Sinister? Okay. Yvonne Goffrey, what's up? All right. So, let's get into kind of what we got going on. Obviously, you guys know where you can find us, but we're going to go over this anyways. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at HoustonFBPod. You can follow me on Twitter at IamYoungAriGold. That's I-M-I-A-M-Y-O-U-N-G-A-R-I-Gold on Twitter. Don't forget to follow our content creators, uh, Texans underscore uh, Thoughts and Texans underscore Draft. Uh, they are the guys bringing you the heat on the website, which would be www.texansunfiltered.com. And we're bringing a ton of heat tonight. I'm super excited about this show. Uh, we got a lot that we kind of pulled together last minute. COVID-19 update. I'm still uh, being as cautious as possible. Um, I am not looking to go out there and get the Rona. Um, and, yeah, I'm not doing anything. I'm just staying in the house, cleaning up the backyard, you know, whatever whatever it is that I can do to maintain a busy lifestyle. Recently did my office. As you guys can see, we are no longer in the place where I lay the wood, as one of the um, lovely listeners pointed out on the um, on the uh, survey. They didn't like that they saw where I laid the wood. So at least Mrs. Carlson is happy, right? Um, so that's it. That's it with the uh, COVID-19. Uh, real big, real big updates right now. So Patreon, we made a massive overhaul on Patreon. This is going to be where we hope that you guys can go and support us and make our dreams come true. So they say as a podcast host, you're supposed to be vulnerable. 
Well, four years ago, we never thought that this would be where we're at. Uh, building, you know, press credentials, growth, all that stuff. Uh, and now we're at a point where it's like, okay, things are really starting to go. We're making it a business. We're doing all sorts of different things. So with that being said, our call to action for tonight's podcast is for you guys to support us by going to patreon.com backslash Texans Unfiltered. Okay, there, there's five different tiers. You guys can choose whatever it is that you that you prefer. Uh, I understand that things are tough right now. We had a long business meeting about asking for for Patreon support and things like that with everything that's going on in the world as far as COVID-19 and layoffs and things of that nature. I'm right there with you guys. I'm pretty close, I think, to getting laid off within, I have to say, within the next month as we are losing money like every week and it's millions of dollars. Um, so I totally understand dollar, $5, $15, $25, $50 tiers, uh, lots of cool things that you guys get in there. The tier, Cody, shut up. Anyways, uh, first one, just a dollar a month. We'll take the pocket change. Whatever you guys can give us, we appreciate that. We're truly uh, like just happy to that that you guys are willing to give us a dollar. It's awesome. Uh, $5 per month, you support us. We thank you for that. First chance to purchase Texans Unfiltered merchandise. Hats will be rolled out within the next two weeks. Two weeks, we have three shirts currently being made. Uh, you'll have rolling credit throughout the YouTube stream and exclusive Discord role for question and answering. So you can come in there and ask us questions at any given time. For the $15 a month tier, you get everything in the uh, $5 a month tier plus a weekly bonus content video, which we are recording tonight. We are going through all of the MCU films in chronological order, so we are starting with Iron Man, which we all just watched as a team, so it'll be me, Jordan, Dylan, John, Cody, and Preston all discussing Iron Man. As you guys know, that's my favorite, so we'll be doing that. And then your podcast questions will be answered first on the stream and podcast. So what that means is when other people put in their questions on Twitter and things of that nature, Patreons will always go straight to the top. So as you guys know, there's times where we can go through all of them, and then there's times where we just can't. And on those times, we're going to be able to answer our Patreons first. So um, the other tier, $25 a month, you're part of the Brotherhood. You will receive all of the benefits from the previous two tiers that I mentioned. You will get a live post-game reaction video Sunday night. We might even put it out as a podcast specifically on the Patreon page. So that way you guys can hear our instant reactions, whether we're pissed, happy or pissed and happy who knows uh, but that's what you guys would get from us and then you also have the opportunity to hang out with us and uh, and other Patreon fans before we record so we can come on we'll come on 20-30 minutes beforehand talk about give you guys an outline on what we're looking to record you guys can ask us questions give us topics and we'll break it all down and uh, you guys can be there hanging out with us while we uh 30 minutes before we record. Uh, and then the last tier is a $50 tier, and I understand that this comes off as, uh, you know, a, a monster amount. But um, what I've realized is building what we've built that, um, you know, people are willing to help and grow and watch us grow and say that they were a part of that, and that's where the $50 a month thing comes in. So uh, you get all of the previous rewards from all the other Patreon tiers. You get a signed piece of merch. Uh, invitation to be a special guest on our live stream, and then this is the best part. You guys get a special podcast from us directly to you. That's it. We make the podcast, and it only goes to you guys. Nobody else. So that is not a podcast that we get that we will put out for anybody else. It'll be solely just for our Patreons. So um, 
Yeah, that's our new Patreon. We appreciate it. We love everybody. We we thank you for all the support. Um, yes, Cody and I will be doing a rap podcast. We're not going to do an actual rap podcast. We're just going to break down the greatness of Kanye West, and we'll probably go album by album. We'll start with College Dropout. We'll put out uh, you know a pod or something on the Patreon. Then we'll go and we'll do Late Registration. Then we'll go and do 808s and Heartbreaks. Then we'll do Graduation. Then we'll do... Um, my Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, and then we'll do, let's see, what was after My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy? We'll watch the Throne, and then after the Watch the Throne, we'll do, um, call, let's see, what, um, Life of Pablo, then we'll do Wyoming, or Yay, and then we'll do Kids See Ghosts, and then that'll be where it ends, because we're not doing the Christian stuff, I just can't do that. Um, yeah, so that's that. We appreciate everybody's support. Thank you guys for everything. Honestly, I, I hate to be, like, the guy that stands up on the thing and says, like, oh, man, you know, we couldn't be here without you guys. But, really, we couldn't be here without you guys. Like, you guys have played a huge part in what we're doing. Carlos, what up? Aaron, what up? Uh, Sergio, what up? Um, so we appreciate you guys, and we appreciate what you do. Um, and I, I can't – I just – I'm so shocked that this is where we're at. So thank you guys for that. Um, thank you guys for just being here during our stream, talking live while we talk about all things football. So, um, yeah. All right, tonight, lots of things going on. Kind of got some things changed. Obviously, real quick, big shout-out to Pro Football Network, our newest partner. Uh, they have us on their website. We are uh, going to be partnering with them on our website, and they're going to be powering the podcast. Nothing changes for you guys. Uh, you might see some ads sprinkled in there, uh, here and there, and all that stuff. But, um Outside of that, that's it. It just expands our reach, gives us the ability to work with another uh, football network, which is a bigger up-and-coming football network uh, owned by two great guys that uh, work really closely with me. So uh, really excited about that. Um, I don't know where my phone is, but these lights are pretty bright. Um, anyways, so, yeah, thank you, Pro Football Network. You guys can check us out there. Uh, you guys will see the podcast there as well. Uh, all right. So that's that, 9.10, 9.25, I'm supposed to be joined by a guest. He should be in here any second. While he does that, I'm going to turn off some of these lights so that they're not so bright. Um, and, yeah, we'll be joined by a guest. We have uh, everybody coming on the pod today. We're going to do a little bit of um, – we're going to do a little bit of uh, – a little Pat Storm. We're going to do a little bit of, um, yes, I'm from, I'm from L.A., humor. Uh, so originally, let me tell the story, because I feel like I have to tell the story often. But um, I I grew up in L.A. Or, okay, I was born in Houston, when I, and my, I left when I was two. My mom and me got in a car, and we just left. Um, get away from my real dad. And then uh, I grew up in L.A., uh, my, my stepdad who's technically my real dad. I don't look at him as a stepdad. I even hate saying that because I feel like it's derogatory. Grew up in L.A., uh, a huge Laker fan. Uh, my dad took me to uh, my dad took me to Dodger games for every Father's Day, and I, that's just I, I got a fitted on my hat, hat my head when I was ten, and I never took it off, and it was a staple of mine. You could ask John for the last year. I've tried with the Astros hats. I've tried every single design. I made a commitment to him to try to put it out there, um, and I just can't do it. Like L.A. is me. And Houston is me, and so you guys got to deal with the best and the worst. So you get some L.A., you get some Houston. 
you know, and that's kind of what it is. So this hat is never coming off. And this I found you a couple of really cool Astro hats. I have them all. I have the Apollo. I have the Astro World. I, I mean, I have them all, John. What other hats could you guys give me? I mean, I just I can't do it. This is me, and this is my staple, and this is what I'm known for. Um, it's you know, it's how Chad knew it was me when he ran into me at the airport. Like, it's just who I am. So uh, it's, that's that. So all right. So I already ran through Patreon. I already ran through. I ran through everything. So, so glad for you to finally show up, John. Thank you for that. Um, so, let's see. I went out for, uh, I think that's everything on the outline. Uh, the Patreon is fully updated. Oh, uh, Anchor supporters, uh, Ryan and Swan specifically. First of all, thank you guys so much for supporting us the way that you guys do on there. That's awesome. Um, if you guys could switch over to the $15 tier on Patreon, that would be awesome. I would really appreciate it. Uh, that way, we can move over to another RSS feed and add ads uh, away from Anchor, so if you guys don't mind, whenever you have time, uh, if you guys can make that switch, I would really appreciate it. Also, the James Palmer interview came out on Monday, in case you guys haven't listened to it yet. Um, thank you, Ryan. God, and Ryan is my financial advisor, too. He's just an amazing guy. Just an amazing guy. He also, this little piece right here, right there. Ryan made that. Ryan made that. Yeah. What have you guys in the, in the comments made me? Nothing. Exactly. I'm, I'm liking the new setup. Yeah, you like that? Yeah, it's not done yet. It's not done yet, but it's getting there. We're getting there. We're, We're getting there. missing something very important, but you're, you're getting there. Yeah, the David Johnson signed jersey will go right above all of that. Um, but, yeah, no, super cool, man. Um, oh, of course I have you on the wall, Ryan. I got my TV set up and PlayStation set up. I got the love sack. I got the love sack chilling so I can play video games and record. Um, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm almost fully official. Almost. Uh, yeah, what, do, what more do you want? We're just trying to kill time until Pat shows up. Yeah, Pat's never showing up, and I just put it in, in the Slack. Like, if they could just if they could just click the link. That's it. Yeah. I sent him an email. Joshua, I'm from L.A. Don't know what to tell you, buddy. Okay? I'm, I'm, I've been here since... It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> if, that's a, if, if this was an Astros podcast, you'd have something to hang your hat on, but this is a Texans podcast, and... I am not a baseball fan, so uh, it's just where I'm from. It's all it is, but all it is. Uh, but I still love you. All right. Uh, well, you know what? Well, Pat. Oh, oh here we go. Look at that. Oh my god. <laughs> Looks like a real video game like background. Oh, relax. That's kind of scary. It's all black, and then you got like the American flag. Memorial Day weekend. Okay. Pandering Texas. He knows what he's doing. No, I know. Yeah, you are. All you need now is a picture of Jesus Watt. You want me to go get my picture of Jesus Watt? I don't want to. I actually, my wife hung up a picture, a poster of JJ in the background, and I took it down. I don't like JJ. It is what it is. I'm I'm really sorry for being late. Like I was trying to figure out how to get in here, and Slack wasn't working on my computer. So it's all good. It's all good. Oh yeah, John was late. I was here, you know, on time. Um, no, no big deal. Uh, all right, so big. Uh, I held it down. You know, I got us to fifty-eight. You know, people. Uh, so you know, what can I tell you guys? All right. Uh, so Pat's here to break some news, some things interesting that are going on within the Texans organization. Um, we all know the news already, um, but luckily for us, Pat was. Uh, patient and waited to put it out live here on Texans Unfiltered Stream uh, to give you guys the news and tell you guys what's going on. So with that being 
said, I'm going to hand it off to you, Patty McPatterson. All right, so there's been a lot of question about how the direction that the offense is going to go, and everyone's been wondering what kind of stuff Tim Kelly's going to do. Um, and so yesterday I was talking with some people, and uh, James Palmer actually kind of hinted towards it um, on NFL Network, but he didn't go like fully into detail about what's been going on. Um, he mentioned that the players have been kind of meeting through like Zoom meetings and stuff like that, kind of going over things on you know what they like and what works best for them um, with Deshaun Watson. But they're also doing the exact same thing with Tim Kelly. And Tim Kelly is kind of molding the – obviously he's going to build the offense around what Deshaun Watson is really good at. Um, but he's taking every single skill position guy and asking them, what do you like and going with what works best for them. So he's doing what works really good for David Johnson. He's doing what works really good for Kenny Stills, for Brandon Cooks, and so on and so forth. So he is going to basically take their input, all the skill position players' input, and that's how he's going to build the offense. So it's not an offense that's going to be designed by specifically Bill O'Brien and Tim Kelly. It's designed pretty much by the players. So they have a massive input on what is going on on the field. And I think that's going to be really cool because now you're going to have these guys that they they know exactly what's coming. They they know what route they're going to be running. They know how everything's going to work, and it's all just it's going to work for them. They they're doing exactly what has worked for them, and exactly how they've been successful at certain points in their careers. And so that's it's that's exciting. No, that's that's a question. Um, did you happen to follow up how different it was than from what George Godsey used to do? Because remember it's the be completely different. article from three years ago where they talked about Hoyer and him would it go back and forth and he would send back Texas with like the dollar signs and the thumbs up about um, plays that they liked. Um, is it similar to that or do you, do you not know? No, so I mean, you like that was like they, they were kind of on the same page about what they thought was going to work. Um, but now you've got it's, – it's kind of like the play that, that Hopkins and Watson went to Bill with in the playoffs – where, you know, Hopkins flicked the ball to, to Watson to score the touchdown, right? It's going to be like that. It's kind of this backyard football is really what it's going to be. And so I think it's, uh, wow, you don't care about wearing? It's like that? I don't care about wearing. I don't understand why everybody is so fascinated with Kahali wearing. Good God. It's so annoying. He's done nothing in the NFL. He's a, he's a physical freak at a small-time Division three college. Like He played water polo. I don't care. I don't care what he did. Everybody's like, oh, yeah. Like, who cares what he does? I want to see it on the field. And until then, he does not warrant a discussion. That's all it is. He warrants no conversation. We have Aikens and Fells. The other two, they can figure it out, in my opinion. Anyways, uh, this is all great stuff. I think, you know, this kind of goes towards kind of what we've been saying for a while is that we, we expect this offense to be different. We, we, we expect them to really come together and, and basically build the offense and implement it in a way that's going to take advantage of the skill sets of all of the weapons we have. Um, I was looking at the 2018 um, – Los Angeles Rams offense the other day, and that's what I expect this offense to be. Uh, Jared Goff threw for 4,600 yards, 32 TDs. Had, they had 2,200 rushing yards. Uh, 
Uh, and it was just group production. Robert Woods had 1,200 yards. Brandon Cooks had 1,200 yards. Cooper Cup had 850 yards. Their tight ends combined for 700 yards. So um, that's what I'm expecting, and that's what I think we're going towards is, is kind of really just seeing what this can do. Um, and also one of the interesting parts about this that you didn't get to yet was the fact that um, he's also going to the position group coaches, right, and talking to them about the skill sets from the individuals and, and what they're, what the players do in those positions specifically that fill, the, fill that or fit that skill set uh, to bring to this offense. Yeah, so the whole scheme is going to be built around the players. Like it, it, everything, you know, if Fuller is really good at go routes and Cooks is really good at an out route and stuff like that, that's how he's going to mold it. He's going to ask – he's doing what – he's building it how they want it to be built. And they're, they're, so they have so much input on it that it's going to be, you know, it's going to be their offense. It's going to be the players' offense more so than, than Tim Kelly's. No, it's great. So for everybody that was worried about Bill O'Brien coming in and basically just running his offense the way that he wants to, it sounds like uh, the, the reins have been passed on fully to Tim Kelly, and Tim Kelly has the full – he has – all the responsibility around the offense. I'm sure Bill O'Brien has some input. Uh, there's no oh, way sure. that there's zero input. I'm sorry. Are they building the, the plays from scratch, or is this still based off the Bill O'Brien playbook? That I don't know. That I didn't ask. Um, I guess that was kind of that's kind of important to know. But, I mean, there, I'm sure there's still going to be some stuff in there. It's not going to be a completely, you know, redesigned offense. I think there's just going to be kind of like how Anthony Weaver said a lot of the defense is going to be – or some of the defense is going to start to get exotic. I think we're going to start to see some exotic offense um, and, and things of that nature. Don't drop that exotic smash mouth. <laughs> Interesting. No, that's, that's all good All good news, all good things that we, we wanted to hear. Um, I mean, for everybody that, like, expected a lot from Tim Kelly and the presser, like, he's a Bill O'Brien protege. He's learned from Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien is his mentor. He's not giving you anything in the press conference. You're not going to have yeah. any clue, any idea what what they're thinking, what they want to do. The uh, only place you can get that is anywhere that Pat Storm is, and luckily with us, he's here at Texans Unfiltered, so we're very fortunate to have the news. And um, Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's exactly what we were looking for. Uh, the fans should be excited. Um, I'm sure once you tweet it out, your mentions will go from – uh, there'll be some great awesome. This is what we were hoping to. Yeah, but he gave away DeAndre Hopkins for like a totally of like one second and a old aging running back, bro. And you know those guys, you know, not much you can really say. Yeah, I mean that's you know the thing is like you look at yeah Hopkins is a big part of this offense, a huge part of this offense. Too big. Um, yeah, and it, Watson relied on him way too much. And I think now Watson has more targets than he's ever had. He has more weapons than he's ever had. Um, and someone made a really cool reference earlier. It's the exact same thing. It's kind of the same scenario he had at Clemson. He has weapons everywhere around him now yep. instead of just one guy. Yep. So, Yeah, and the biggest thing is the fact that when Will Fuller gets hurt, there's no drop-off. There's no drop-off because there's backup with, with Brandon Cooks. And with Brandon Cooks coming in and stepping on the field to fill that void of Will Fuller, you still got Kenny, you still got Cobb. I mean, there's there's so many weapons, it's just ridiculous. Like, I, that's yeah, I mean, why. Look what Randall Cobb did last year when that offense was prolific with other guys on there. He still put up north of 800 yards. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, 
people say he's old and he's washed. Man, 800 yards as a slot receiver is incredible in this league. Yeah. I mean, so, it's more than any slot receiver we've ever had. That's for sure. And Deshaun loves the middle of the field. Just go look oh, at That's him. where he, he dices up defense. That's exactly field, where so. he dices up defense. So if anybody wants to go look at next-gen stats, you'll see a, a pretty interesting uh, statistics around his middle uh, middle of the field throws. So awesome, Pat. What else you got? Um, really, that's about it right now, man. It's it's quiet on a lot of fronts. I mean, a lot of people have been asking about the safety position, um, and how they're gonna roll with that. There's still a really good chance they bring in another veteran before camp. Um, they've got to see what's how things are gonna unfold. Realistically, getting players back into the building first. Uh, so I think that's um, any updates on Jernigan. Um, no. So he hasn't taken a physical. He hasn't signed officially signed with a team. The plan still is for him to sign. Um, sorry, my daughter's eating in the other room. Um, but, yeah, so the, t- the plan is for him to still sign with the team. I don't think there's anything we need to really worry about there. All right. Well, Pat, thank you so much for joining the stream tonight, and um, thank you for giving us all the info. We appreciate it. We look forward to Thanks having you on again here shortly. Absolutely. All right. And with that being said, we have um, our AFC South rosters. Um, so John put together this, and this is very well put together, John. I'm very surprised that you did this. It looks great. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. So much love. I'm, in a a I'm in a mood today. Yeah, I'm in a mood. Um, I really got to you about that hat. Oh, yeah, I don't really care about that. I just – other things. Uh, all right, so um, this was interesting. So we want to play Would You Rather. And now most of you guys have played this game, and usually it involves drinking and women and all sorts of other things around you where you say would you rather, you know, and I'm not going to say those things, but those are typically what come out of your mouth during the Would You Rather game. Well – we're going to take it to a positive place in a nice, comfortable, professional environment. And we're going to discuss, would you rather each position... Mary date dump. Let's yeah, I used to play the would you rather uh, or have I ever. Or never have I ever. Yeah, yeah, we can't do that. I don't feel comfortable okay. doing that with a dude um, by myself. Um, so we're going to do would you rather and go through each position with the Texans, Colts, Titans, and Jags. So we'll alternate. I'll go first, and then you can, you can list the, the next one, and we'll go from there, all right? <clears throat> all right. Would you rather have wide receiver Brandon Cooks, wide receiver T.Y. Hilton, wide receiver Corey Brown, or wide receiver Chris Conley? I believe you meant Corey Davis. I said Corey Davis. You combined Corey. You said Corey Brown. No worries. Oh, yeah. I was thinking, I was wondering why A.J. Brown wasn't there since he's, like, the number one. But go ahead. Um, well, for the most part, I believe a healthy Brandon Cooks is still better than all of them, including T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton has always been hyper-reliant on Andrew Luck. Granted, he's done all right, but it's just not to the same level. Whereas Brandon Cooks, granted, he's played with a bunch of really good quarterbacks. He's produced wherever he, he's been at. Um, Corey Davis, even though he has the top five pick, has been a little bit of a bust. Chris Conley, he's been fun, but, I mean, really, he's not on the same tier as the other guys. Um, for, the white right, for the right side wide receiver, um, we've got Kenny Stills for Houston, Michael Pittman for Indianapolis, A.J. Brown for the Titans, and D.J. Chark for the Jaguars. Who would you rather have? A.J. Brown. 
I love Kenny Stills, and I think he's an underrated wide receiver, and I think he's very talented. But second-year guy, A.J. Brown, who showed so much promise last year, I would have to go with A.J. Brown over Kenny Stills. And it's unfortunate, but like when you look at the other guys, like Paris or Michael Pittman Jr. has promise, but you know we don't know. D.J. Shark, kind of like a one-trick pony. Um, so I'd much rather have A.J. Brown, and it hurts me to say that, but I have to keep it real. I'd rather have A.J. Brown. Definitely. All right, left tackle. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Slot wide receiver, Randall Cobb, Paris Campbell, Adam Humphreys, D.D. Westbrook. This is a tough one for next year. I would still take Randall Cobb, even though this sounds like a homer pick, because he's established. Paris Campbell looks to have all the potential in the world, but he didn't do anything last year. Well, he got hurt, too. Yeah, he did. Um, Adam Humphreys, he's always annoying. Um, He's been hyper-annoying when he was with Tampa Bay. I think that... He's a good fit for the Titans, but he, he didn't really do much for the Titans last year. He didn't either. do anything. I mean, this is Ryan Tannehill. He can only he can only really throw to one receiver at a time, and he has decided that, that is A.J. Brown with good reason. And D.D. Westbrook, um, again, he's shown flashes, but no consistency. Um, high, very talented player, but not consistent at all. No. All the slot receivers in the AFC South, I would say Randall Cobb is the one to take. Oh, you get – well, actually, maybe this isn't as easy as – Well, hold on real quick. Hey, guys in the comments, make make sure you guys are answering with us. We'd love to kind of see what you guys think as well. This isn't just for us. So we'd rather – we'd like to see who you would rather have. So make sure you guys drop them in the comments. Go ahead, John. All right. Next up is left tackle. You get Laramie Tunsil from the Texans, uh, Anthony Costanzo from the Colts, Taylor Luan from the Titans, and Cam Robinson from the Jaguars. This one's so simple. That Cam Robinson's not in this debate. Yeah, Cam Robinson's not in the debate. Taylor Lewan's not in the debate because of who he is off the field. It's a it's an interesting. Yeah, he's so annoying. Um, it's interesting because I don't think people realize how good Costanzo actually is unless you actually watch him play. Uh, but he still is not on Laramie Tunsil. He's he's just not. He's not Laramie Tunsil. There's there's one Laramie Tunsil. So I would have to go with Laramie Tunsil. Plus, we just paid him all that money and gave up two first-round picks. Who am I to say that we couldn't have Laramie Tunsil now? So I'm going to have to stick with Laramie Tunsil. All right. Next one. This one's uh, this one's pretty easy, but let's see what you say. <laughs> and this guy showed a lot of promise. Left guard Max Starping, left guard Quentin Nelson, left guard Roger Saffold, or left guard Andrew Norwell. This is very interesting, John, because this might be the best position group in the AFC South. I don't think people realize how good, even though he had a down year with uh, the Jags, uh, Andrew Norwell is really good. Roger Saffold is really good. Quentin Nelson is the best in the league. And then Max Sharping had a solid rookie year. But you got to go with the best, and it's not going to be much of a debate here. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, if there was one player on the Colts that I could still, it'd be Quentin Nelson. And Absolutely. I love Sharping. This is no disrespect to Sharping, but Nelson's just on another level. Yep. Unfortunately, and it sucks for us because, you know, he's on the Colts. But, yeah. But I would say that I'm surprised left guard is an incredibly deep group in the AFC South. Yep. There's a lot of talent there. This is no disrespect to anybody else, but Nelson is just a very, very good player. Next up is the centers. Um, we've got Nick Martin on the Texans, of course, Ryan Kelly on the Colts, Ben Jones, an old friend on the Titans, and Brandon Lindier on the Jaguars. Mm. 
Nick Martin, Ryan Kelly, Ben Jones, or Brandon. I I probably have to go Lindier. Uh, he's the best center out of these four. But I'll say this, just from a consistency standpoint, it, it's Lindier. But if we get Nick Martin that we got last year, then I would have to go with Nick Martin. But until I can see that he does it for a, another like back-to-back seasons, I'm going to go with Linder because he's he really he really is a, a great center. I don't I don't think people realize how good he actually is. Ben Jones was nasty though. I would agree. I would agree. I would agree. All right. Uh, next up, right guard Zach Fulton, Mark Glowinski, Nate Davis, or AJ Can. We go from a relatively deep left side to a to poo-poo. Not quite as deep on the right side. Um, honestly, surprisingly, because I know everybody's willing to drop this guy, Zach Fulton had the highest pass blocking uh, grade of this group. Um, even though I know everybody's ready to get rid of him. Oh, AJ Can is probably the most talented, but he struggles with injuries. Um, so... <laughs> And I think Lewinsky, who was horrible until he came to the Colts, has actually been the most consistent. But I'm actually going to go with Fulton. Take that pass blocking because um, he actually does it at an above, level, above average level where everybody else is just kind of eh. Yeah, I mean, I've said it on here multiple times. It's, you know, the hate for, for Zach Fulton is only because everybody else on the line is extremely good. So you have one weak link and you think that they're automatically trashed because everybody else on the line is great or or, or above average. Uh, Fulton actually and the numbers just recently came out with Pro Football Focus. He's stellar in pass protection. He's just yeah, average in run blocking. Is what it is. Have an offensive line full of Fultons. Absolutely. I agree. How quickly we forget because he's just solid. He's just solid. That's He's not spectacular. He's just solid. And you know, everybody kind of forgets about that. Uh, we have Titus Howard on the Texans, Braden Smith on the Colts, uh, Dennis Kelly on the Titans, uh, and Juwan Taylor on the Jaguars. So here's another one that I don't think people realize this tackle is actually really, really good, is Braden Smith. Braden Smith is a solid, solid right tackle and has been for at least the last three years. Uh, Zach Hicks is so high on Braden Smith. And when you throw on the tape, he's nasty, dude. Um, so I loved what Titus did for us last year. And I do think that he is high. Um, I think, like, he, he's high up there uh, with potential as far as Howard. But I would have to go with, unfortunately, another Colt. I would have to go with Braden Smith. And hi, Vicky. Hi, Vicky. Okay. My turn. Okay, now we're getting to the tight ends. We're getting to the more weapons. More weapons. All right. Tight end, Darren Fells, Jack Doyle, Johnu Smith, or Tyler Eifert? Johnny Smith. He's just a physical freak. Uh, Johnny Smith, he's the guy that, you know, he took a handoff as a tight end and just slashed us on that first Titans game when we were actually trying. Um, he has been underused, but... This is year three for him. I expect him to actually break out and be an absolute headache. But, yeah, Johnny Smith is a hell of a player. Yep, I would agree. I, I would agree. I mean, I don't know if I'd take Aikens over Johnny Smith, but well, I, I'd take Aikens over anybody. So. Well, I'd split him up into blocking tight ends and, sure. pass and uh, move tight ends, essentially. Um, 
So the next one up would be the our move tight ends, uh, Jordan Akins, Trey Burton, Anthony Fersker, and Josh Oliver. Nobody should ever have to ask me this question. I don't even, uh, okay, let me add. For those that watch the show or listen to the podcast, what would my answer be? Drop it in the comments. Let's see how good, let's see how much you guys actually pay attention. Okay. Thank you. Correct? Yeah, somebody. Correct, Jeremiah, because you know I am in love with Jordan Akins. I would take Akins, hands down. I think Akins is just, I, th- I think he has unlocked, untapped potential. I think he's just going to shred it this year. Uh, I'm super excited to watch Jordan Akins play. So, all right. Uh, ooh, this one's going to be hard for everybody. This one's going to be tough. All right, make sure you guys have your keyboards. You guys have your keyboards in place because it's going to be interesting to see what everybody's answer is on this next one. Quarterback, Deshaun Watson, Hall of Famer, Philip Rivers, Ryan Tannehill, as John likes to say, and Gardner Minshew II. John, uh, who are you going with? Deshaun. Really? Yeah. Wow. Good career, but let's be honest. I mean, I'd take Baker over Deshaun. No, you wouldn't. I sure wouldn't. I wouldn't take anybody over Deshaun. I wouldn't take Mahomes over Deshaun. Um, I really wouldn't. I don't say that because I, uh, I'm a homer. I, I think that Deshaun is a better quarterback than Patrick Mahomes. So, yeah, I just had to ask it. It was look, King. It was just a, it was a question. We had to ask it. Easiest question of the entire of the entire roster breakdown. Which quarterback would we rather have in our division? There's really no argument. Deshaun Watson is the best quarterback in the AFC South. Yeah, there's no there's no conversation to be had. Let's move on to the next one. All right, next one up is our running backs, David Johnson, Marlon Mack for the Colts, Derrick Henry for the Titans, and Leonard Fournette for the Jaguars. So this one's tough for me because I believe in David Johnson. I I've always been a fan of David Johnson. And I know last year didn't go the way that he wanted it to, and I know he missed 2017, but something just tells me that he has one more solid year in him. And if I'm looking at all these guys, right, Marlon Mack, injury histories, can't always be on the field, is a very solid running back, but it's more by committee, the way that they do it in Indianapolis. Obviously, they just drafted a guy very, very high. Um Derrick Henry, he's got miles now. He's got wear and tear. His body's going to start to break down soon. Plus, he doesn't fit the style of offense that we would be playing. Uh, and then Leonard Fournette is just a – I mean, he's a bum kind of. I mean, honestly, like, he, he, hasn't, he hasn't been healthy since he came in the league. He misses games, you know, gets suspended for, like, fighting. You know, I, I'm going David Johnson. I, I think upside-wise, I'm going to go David Johnson. And this is pure upside. That's the only reason. That's me, though. That's just me. All right. Ooh. Fullback. Colin Gillespie. Roosevelt Nix. David Flulellen. Chris Thompson. Oh, it's actually supposed to be Connor Slomka. I was about to say, why was Chris Thompson playing fullback? Okay, Connor Slomka. Slomka. I mean, it's fullback. <laughs> the one that actually seems to have contributed the most is, you know what? Just forget all that. 
I'm going with Cullen. I'm, this is a little bit of a homer pick because I know his potential and I didn't know him the best. And what he did on special teams last year was phenomenal. But the reason that I'm going to actually say it is that block that he did on the Buffalo Bills play. Yep, that told me everything I needed to know. That that right there. we got to get him on the field more. Um, yeah. Dylan woke up. Dylan's here. Dylan makes me happy when I see him in the little chatty chat. My boy. You know? uh, the next group, we're going to start with defensive ends. Please keep in mind that the um, Colts run a 4-3. Everybody else runs a 3-4. Um, can we change this from the, the our, Can we change this to? Can we do that? I don't see him on here. Uh, Ross Blacklock. No. Look at the sheet. It didn't change. It says Angelo Blackson. How about now? Charles Amenahill. There we go. You're gonna put him as a starter? Yeah. Okay. He's not currently only listed as a starter, but that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. All right. No, no worries. Um, Charles Amenahill for the Texans. Um, Kimilko Ture for the Colts, Jeffrey Simmons for the Titans, Josh Allen for the Jaguars. Love Charles here. Love Charles here. Love him. I love Kimiko Ture. Just watched the film analysis and Phil Breakdown with Zach Hicks. It was amazing. I think Jeffrey Simmons is going to be a beast for an extremely long time. But there's a guy in Jacksonville that I think just has a higher upside than everybody that was mentioned, and that's Josh Allen. I don't think you can – I don't think anybody could take anybody else other than Josh Allen in this situation. He's just a monster, dude. He's a monster. You just can't – that potential and what you've seen just in one year, you can't – you can't not pick him. You can't. So Josh Allen for me. Unfortunately, I agree with you. Um, Jeffrey Simmons, I think, has the highest ceiling. Um, but Josh Allen is the one that has already shown it, and he's he's an absolute. Yeah. All right, let's get to uh, the next grouping. Nose tackle Eddie Vanderdose, DeForest Buckner, Daquan Jones, Avery Jones. Well, I'm not – here's kind of the problem when I pulled pulled this. This is the official depth chart. Do we really think Eddie's going to be our starting nose tackle? Are we really going to run a nose tackle? I was shocked that you put his name there because I don't think anybody in the chat knows who he is. It's going to be Timmy Jernigan when he's officially signed. Either that or it's going to have to be Blacklock. Yeah, Blacklock's not going to play, play the nose. He's going to play defensive end. He's, he might have to, I'm saying, in that situation, where if we don't sign Jernigan – He's the only guy that has the size to potentially be a nose and be good. I really hope we get to talk to Weaver one day because I am absolutely intrigued on what we're going to do with our tackle position. Um, Yeah, I don't disagree with you one bit, Dylan, but right now he's listed as a starter, which is absolutely crazy. And this Uh, is an updated depth chart? When do they put this out? Um, Like in March? Yeah, but they, they put it out in like March, right? Uh, they probably put it out probably prior to the draft, to tell you the truth, because yeah. rookies on it. All right, so DeForest Buckner and Eddie Vandernose, Daquan Jones or Avery Jones, bro? Well, if they were on the Texans, um, it would probably have to be Daquan Jones, because DeForest Buckner plays under tackle, which is the undersized tackle in a 4-3. He would be a defensive end with us. Um, 
Maybe. I don't know. I, he, he's kind of big. He still may play the nose. Mark's got a good point. Why didn't you put Brandon Dunn there? Why'd you go based off the depth chart? I was just making it fair. Okay. Because <laughs> um, I didn't, with a lot of these guys that are on the uh, the back end of the rosters for for the Titans and the Jaguars, I just wanted to make sure that it was fair, that there was something that we didn't understand, so I just went with the official ones. Look at this. Um, yeah, I'd actually put DJ Dunny before Eddie, um, but on this group, um, probably Daquan Jones. Okay. Let's go. Um, the other side, defensive end, J.J. Watt, uh, Grover Stewart for the Colts, uh, Jack Crawford for the Titans, and RV, I'm sorry, Taven Bryan for the Jaguars. As much as it kills me to do it, I'll take J.J. Watt. I'll take J.J. Watt because those other guys, I, I, don't, I don't even know who they are. The best players of all time, that painful on your hometown team. Yeah. All right. Uh, Whitney Merciless, Justin Houston, Harold Landry, or Yannick Ngakwe. Yes. Yannick and Walkway. Yeah, it's pretty easy. That, there's no discussion to I be mean, had Earl there. Landry's a great player, too. But Yannick. Yannick all day. I, I would love to have Yannick. Yeah. All right. Next up, uh, the Will. Uh, Zach Cunningham for the Texans. Bobby Oriki for the Colts. Um, Rashawn Evans for the Titans. And Miles Jack. Oh. See, this was interesting until you got to the Jags. Or this wasn't interesting until you got to the Jags. And I love me some Miles Jack. I think Miles Jack is a stud. But if you thought I was going to take somebody other than my boy, who I was more excited about drafting than the year we in the year that we drafted Sean Watson, you're tripping. It is Zach Cunningham, hands down because he's only going to be even better this year than what he was last year and the year before. He's just developing developing so well right now. Uh, I, I think he's amazing. I wouldn't I wouldn't touch him. All right. Mike Linebacker, Bernardrick McKinney, Anthony Walker, Jason Brown, Joe Schobert. By the way, uh, Bobby uh, Ukariki, uh, is, uh, Colts of fans are extremely high on him, so just FYI, just to throw that out to you guys. All right, I'll do that again. BMAC. Anthony Walker, Jayon Brown, or Joe Schobert? Actually, I really like Joe Schobert. Um, the Browns guy? guys the traditional analysts do not like, but a lot of the a lot of the uh, the modern guys kind of look at Schobert and look at his ability to cover. He's a really good fit for the modern day NFL. I think that he's going to be a pain in the pain in the tail. He's actually going to be able to run step for step with both the Johnson and Johnson, which is going to be really annoying. That brings us to the Jack. Um, Take me. Are we really putting Brennan there? Are we really doing that? Are we? Is that where? Is that really how we're going to kick this off? Because you already know who's going to chime in as soon as we go through this. Mr. Fanboy himself. He's not letting you slide with that one. But you make you make the decision. You're the guy right now. This was your thing. You you do it. So you, I'll let you list them off how you want to list them off. What are you talking about? 
then then what do you mean? Are you being serious? Yeah, what are you talking I about? Just, I just said, I just said, I did the BMAC one, and then right below that name, you really want to throw that guy out there. Yeah, Brennan Scarlett. Oh, God. Bruce Leonard. Vic Beasley. Oof. Ouch. Galevon Chasen. Okay, well, uh, I'm not taking uh, Brennan Scarlett. I'm subbing in Jacob Martin because Jacob Martin is going to be a three-down player this year, and he's going to start opposite of Whitney Merciless, and he's going to have a double-digit sack season. But even with that, I'm still taking Darius Leonard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I might take Caleb on because I love him, and he's a Houston product, but... I'm going Darius Leonard. He's a game changer on defense. He's kind of like a clowny at linebacker. Like, the, like just runs all over the field. It's just, I, I, yeah. I mean, Darius Leonard's a freaking monster, dude. I don't think people realize how good he actually is. Uh, he's a beast of a player. Oh, this one's fun. This should be a no-brainer. And he's the starting corner, and I like that. That's cornerback one. Gary and Conley, TJ Carey. Adoree Jackson or Rashawn Melvin? Gary and Conley. Hands down. As long as he's played correctly, he, yeah, he's easily better than everyone else out there. Adoree Jackson, lots of potential, hasn't quite lived up to it. TJ Carey, I feel as though he kind of gets by based on the scheme. And Rashawn Melvin, I mean, no. It's Conley hands down. Cornerback one. I'm telling you guys. You guys are going to be screaming for us to sign into an extension come by week and week nine. Screaming. All right. Next up, we got our strong safeties. Currently, Eric Murray is listed as our starting strong safety. Uh, Kari Willis for the Colts. Uh, Kenny Vaccaro for the Titans. And Ronnie Harrison for the Jaguars. Not a lot to pick from here. Uh, Kenny's not the same player that he was with the Saints. Still has some upside. Ronnie Harrison has had some, has been pretty solid for the Jags. If I'm going to go straight upside here, I'm going Ronnie Harrison. Yeah, I'm going Ronnie Harrison. I, I agree. There's a good chance that Murray is a sleeper, but I haven't seen him yet in the scheme, and I don't know how he's going to be used. So based on what I've seen, I would I would go Harrison. All right, uh, free safety, single safe, single high safety, just the safety in general. Justin Reed, Malik Hooker from the Colts, Kevin Bayard from the Titans, and Gerard Wilson from the Jags. I already know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. You have to do it, though. You don't have a choice. It's a tough one. What do you, What do you think I'm doing? You have to do it. What do you think I'm doing? You gotta You gotta take You gotta take Bayard. You don't really have a choice. I love Hooker, though. He's just, he's, I don't think he's benefited from what the Colts try to do out there. But Bayard, I mean. It's Bayard. Yeah, it really is. We love Justin. Um, It's Kevin Bayard closely followed by Justin Reed. I love Malik Hooker. I think that once they get him out of uh, Indianapolis, because once he's out of Indianapolis, he's going to go somewhere and, and just do a lot better. But, yeah, that's the way you got to go. Um, let's look at our other side of our cornerbacks. Uh, we got Bradley Roby, mm. Xavier Rhodes, mm. Malcolm Butler, mm. and DJ Hayden. Well, you know, this team, the way it's currently constructed, has two 
cornerback ones on its roster and Bradley Roby and Gary and Conley. Both I've been banging the drum on for an extremely long time. But there's one guy I've been banging the drum on for a very long time, and that would be former Denver Broncos cornerback Bradley Roby, who had a solid season for the uh, Houston Texans last year. Uh, missed some games. Roby's versatility. Yeah, Ryan, it's almost like I read what you were saying. Uh, his ability to be able to play in the slot, play outside, uh, very dangerous. He's quick. He's always in the hip pocket. May not have a bunch of PBUs, but he's right there to wrap them up. Um, I'm going Bradley Roby, and it's without hesitation. And it's without hesitation. All right. So, um, all right. So let's go slot corner. Uh, you you don't have one for for the Titans. They don't have one listed. Hmm. Okay. Uh, Vernon Hargraves. Okay, why not? Rocky Asin. C.J. Henderson from the Jags. Um, you know, this is kind of a tough one. It's between C.J. Henderson and Rock Jason. Uh Vernon Hargreaves is the best athlete of the group. Um, if he puts it all together, if he continues to kind of show improvement as he did, I think that John Reed is actually going to end up taking his spot, to tell you the truth. I'm a big, big John Reed believer, and so are our, our or our people. Um, but out of this list, I'm going to go Rock Jason. Yeah, I think Henderson has a ton of talent. Um, but rookie, I liked what Rock Jason did for the for the Colts last year. And it's kind of unfair because like I read all of Zach Hicks' work and I really pay attention to what the Colts are doing through Zach. So I'm, I'm kind of like biased in the sense because I, I, I talk to Zach about these things a lot and you know, I I think Rocky Austin would be the guy that you have to take care. It's just me. Just me. All right. Um, let's see. So that was Would You Rather. Oh, oh. putting together the uh, final count. What do you want to do with the Homer penalty? What's that? Well, because obviously we're biased towards our own guys. So obviously there's probably going to be more Texans to us versus if an Indianapolis Colts podcast did it, they'd have more Colts. So there's got to be some sort of like a Homer handicap before I, I, I say our final numbers. Um, I thought I was being pretty honest, to be honest with you. I don't I know. I as honest as I could, too. Yeah, I don't know if there's a Homer handicap. And we know they're upside a little bit better. Okay, minus two, Giovanni says. Let's do minus two. Minus two? I like that. All right. So based on this, and we tried to be, we tried to be pretty, pretty fair, I believe. Um, we named 11 Texans, so nine Texans, um, four Colts, three Titans, and five Jaguars. That's crazy that we named five Jags. We named more Jags than we did Colts or Titans. That's nuts. Yeah. Um, and yet we are the weakest team in the, in the division. Best quarterback. Um, if you kind of, There is toss-ups. There's definitely toss-ups. But you would think that if we had the best quarterback in the division – and where we're projected to finish third in the division, that we would have, you know, overwhelmingly other positions would just dominate us. But the fact that we, again, we're, we're a little homerish, but it was that many more, and then there was that many toss-ups. Like, are we really behind the other teams on talent level? This is all an attack on our coaching staff, which, I mean... They're rookies, so we don't really know what either one of those 
um, coordinators are going to do. But that's entirely what this is about when you look at um, national projections. It's, they're talking about our coaching staff. They have more faith in the Jaguars coaching staff. They have more faith in the Titans coaching staff. And they have more faith in the Colts coaching staff than they do in our own. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. I mean, we're the worst team in the league, if you ask anybody, outside of Houston. Yep. Uh, second to last uh, draft class and the last off in last place in um, just our overall off season. So we, we must be a horrible team with no talent. Yeah. That's the way it feels. Uh, I, I'm going to say nay, by the way, Ryan. I don't think he gets paid this year. All right. Uh, we have one minute until Dylan hops on. Uh, so we finished with 11, 4, 3, and 5. That's crazy. Um, which ones were we tied on? Like, which one was kind of tight? So I took Brandon Linder. Nick Martin could have had that spot. But, I mean, it just shows the depth of the roster and how good, actually, we are, like you said. I mean... Well, I would say even on the guys that we had as toss-ups, uh, we typically aired on the guys that were not on our team. Typically. Typically, um, we had 12, because I did not count Randall Cobb. I didn't highlight him, so he didn't show up. So we actually had 12. Word, and right on time, the hero, the man, the myth, the legend. Punctual, punctual. I like it. I like it. My motto. I like it. Texans underscore draft joining the Texans unfiltered podcast has a member of the team. He has the right to do so at any given time. Uh, Dylan, talk a little bit about your prospect. Um, why don't we talk? Or why don't you talk a little bit about uh, what we did with Travis? Uh, I'm never going to say his last name. And then, <laughs> and then uh, talk about your first draft prospect profile that you put out last week. And then why don't you give a little bit of a tidbit into kind of what you're uh, working on this week. Yeah, so I worked on um, last week. It, my first draft profile this series. I'm gonna start where I um, where I put out a draft profile every week, uh, shooting for every Friday. And uh, uh, Andre Cisco was the first one, the safety from Syracuse. And if you haven't read that, I recommend you read. Um, I just think we have a safety already, Justin Reed, who can kind of play in the box and play in free safety. And then Andre Cisco is kind of similar in that aspect, where he can play free safety and play in the box, but I feel like the magnified strengths greater, so it would be a great safety core if we, they can somehow pick them up. I know it's really early, but I'm just trying to project fits, but it's really fun to do and talk about the draft all year round, so if you want to go check it out, uh, it's up on text and feel yeah. as we speak. So why don't you tell them a little bit about what we're trying to do with the prospect and the profiles and kind of what the goal is of, of doing this every week and, and kind of why, you know really why we're doing this. Uh, the goal is just to build base, uh, build like a database of sorts. So when draft season has come around in March and April, and you guys are looking for what prospects um, the Texans could possibly be interested in, those are all available. Those reports are all available, and they are contextualized to the Texans because in every draft profile, I will have a paragraph or two about how they fit with the Texans and their strengths and weaknesses, of course. So. It's really a contextualized draft guide to the Texans, which is something that we have been needing as Texans fans for quite some time. Yeah, and you know, every year we, you know, we all peruse through the draft guides and things of that nature, but none of it's geared towards Texans fans. Everything is just kind of out there, right? You know the strengths and weaknesses and what the players are, but no, but they can't do fits for every team, right? And so, uh, what we wanted to do, and since 
Dylan's very good at it, was build draft profiles and then be able to give you guys a draft guide come February or in March where you guys can have everything there and you guys can look look at it and decide specifically around what the Texans' needs are, what prospects fit best. And, you know, a lot of people are already saying, like, oh, Cisco, he's not going to be there in the first round. Well, you know, or he's not going to be there in the third round. Injuries happen. Things happen. Like, you just never know what's going to happen with a player. He could easily be there. You just never Yeah. You never know. Yeah. It's impossible to project where players are going to go right now, except for probably the top ten guys. They're probably going to go in the first round. But even top ten guys fall out of the first round if they – um, if they have an issue off the field issue, which would probably take them off the Texas draft award anyway, but um, off the field issue or an injury. This question is for you, Dylan. I think it's a good question. Uh, good question. Yeah, right now, um, because we we have a lot of draft picks right now, so we have no clue where we're going to end up picking. So right now I'm just kind of starting to build a solid base with maybe some bigger name guys because we could, we could end up in the second round with all the picks we have. So... Um, and a lot of these guys could very well be available in the second round if they have an injury or if they have a poor season. Like, I know a lot of people were saying, Etienne, no, no way he's available in the uh, second round on our Etienne post. but Or the third round, excuse me. But we could easily be in the second round. And with the way the league is valuing running backs, he could easily be there in the second round for us. So I, except for the major big-name guys, I'm just focusing on um, players that I that I like and I would love to have on the Texans. Yeah, I think it's the right approach too. I think it, it, it when when you're when you're drafting guys you like, it just comes more natural. When you're just kind of pulling out, you know, pulling from wherever, you know, especially right now at a time like right now, there's there's no reason for us to go after fifth and sixth round guys because nobody knows who those who those guys are anyways. Yeah, of course. Just like there's so many guys that aren't even on draft boards right now that will be with a with a solid solid season. Yep, no, exactly. And then you have some articles and other things that you're working on right now for Texans Unfiltered. Um, obviously, you, me, and, and, and Jordan are doing our thing every Thursday with a prospect where we're watching film, we're breaking it down, we're talking about what we like. We just did it with ETN. Uh, we're going to be doing it again this Thursday. Uh, then we throw it on YouTube, and then you guys transcribe it and throw it on the website uh, along with a play breakdown. Um, what, do we have, what do we have coming up from, from Texans Draft this week, and uh, what have you been working on? So this week on Thursday, uh, we will have uh, – we're going to stream it at some time. Keep, uh, we still have to work, work that out. Just keep, keep an eye out for the time. We're going we're gonna to go over uh, Micah Parsons, uh, linebacker from, the linebacker from Penn State. And uh, me and Jordan uh, settled on him because we want to do – we did offense last week and we did defense this weekend. Micah Parsons is the guy that really affects the game. Again, he's, probably, he's top 10 right now. Uh, but it, 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 we're just trying to build a base because, like you said, very unlikely that he lasts to the second or third round. But if he does, could be, um, could be an intriguing option. And then on Friday, I'm going to uh, a running back of my own that I really like is uh, C.J. Verdell from Oregon. Yeah, back to back thousand yard rushing, rushing, uh, rushing, thousand yards rushing seasons, and um, just up another play I really like. So keep an eye out for that and. Maybe later this week, sometime in the next week, I will be releasing a Randall Cobb article about how I think he's the uh, slot receiver that Deshaun has been needing, a reliable target that Deshaun maybe has, has lost in DeAndre Hopkins. And I know you guys have, if you follow me, you see me tweet a lot about Randall Cobb. And um, I really I really like the rings. Obviously, $9 million, you better bring better bring some value. So I'll be breaking down Randall Cobb and 
kind of fit with the Texans sometime later this week or next week. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Dylan, thank you for joining the pod, and thank you for all your contributions to Texans Unfiltered. You are obviously loved here, and we appreciate it. And we will be talking to you at 1030 when we break down Iron Man. Of course, of course. Awesome. All right, Dylan. Have a good one, guys. Uh, All right, so that is obviously one of our favorite writers. We only have two because that way we always have only two favorites, and the favorites isn't (laughs) spread out, right? Um, You know, Dylan's doing really good work. You know, I really hope you guys go and and follow what he's doing. This is going to be very interesting. Oh, look at that. Right on time. Right on time. Oh, not right on time. He just disappeared. Um, We might want to – yeah. Yep, I know. I'm I'm okay. So yeah, in the Slack channel, it's the JJ Watt thing is getting people um, interested in kind of what I meant. You guys are gonna have to wait for the after story when the book comes out about JJ Watt. But uh, oh, look at that! He's here again. There he is. It's there the is. man, the myth. Hey guys, welcome back. It is Jordan. I'm breaking down some film for you today, Mr. YouTube Star. <laughs> Texans thoughts. Jordan, what's up, dude? I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever. We talked all day. We talked a lot Friday, but then we just didn't talk this weekend. It's kind of weird. It's not normal. Yeah, I, I was just thinking that. It's kind of weird. It's only been like a couple days, but it, it doesn't feel normal. You're right. <laughs> but I'm doing pretty good. Enjoying the pod. It's been a great night so far. How you guys doing? Doing good, man. Doing really good. I'm, I'm super excited to have you on. John, how are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm here. He's <laughs> here. Uh, my technical difficulties. <laughs> I'm just here. I'm, yeah. I'm here. I'm live. So, Jordan, uh, obviously this is the part of the segment where you come in and you tell us everything you've been working on and all the things that people can find. Um, is that a new mic? This is the mic that I got before I knew you were going to send me one. It was oh, Literally, nice. I bought it like a month or a month and a half ago, and so I'm just trying it out now, so I'm going to see how the quality is. Sounds good. No, it sounds really good. Uh, awesome. awesome. Cool. Well, tell us a little bit about what you have working on. There's a ton of things that you're working on right now. Lots of different pieces. There's so much stuff that we're we're just trying to do, um, and you're at you're in the middle of it all. So why don't you just kind of take the floor? I'm going to mute my mic because I tend to over talk everybody and let you just kind of take the floor. Yeah, for sure. So today I made the big announcement for my huge series I'm starting called Watson Watch, and it's basically every week on Wednesday I'm going to be breaking down. All right, screw you, Don. I'm going to be breaking down um, four of Deshaun Watson's games from back going all the way back from 2017, so from his rookie season all the way to 2019, four games at a time every week, just breaking down what I see from him, what I like, what I don't like, and kind of documenting the progress that he's made and the improvement because that's a big thing. Deshaun Watson was not a perfect quarterback when he entered the NFL. He's improved a lot, and he's still going to continue to improve. So I'm going to go, be going back from 2017 to 2019 and then continuing it through the 2020 season as well. So after every game, every Wednesday, hopefully I'll have the All-22 by then. Be breaking it down, article up, Wednesday of noon um, Central Time. So that's going to be up. And then today I also wrote an article about the Texans' third down defense. And it was something that was it was annoying me since this past season, honestly, since I've watched the Texans since our defense has kind of fallen off. Third down defense has not been great, and especially the third and long defense. You know, people, a lot of people get on rack for his kind of prevent defense, lining up everyone at the sticks and backing them way off and, and being real pissed off about that and not working. But I found some really interesting things to conclude from, from, that, um, from that article, and the prevent defense wasn't actually that bad. So you guys should definitely go check that out. Also, it's sponsored by, not sponsored, but shout out to Kobo's Barbecue. 
um, a great small business that we're, we're looking to support. So go check them, those guys out. Um, the main takeaway from that article, though, was that every time that we rushed more than four um, defenders on third down, we were just way more successful in getting off the field. So hopefully Anthony Weaver looks into that and adds that to our defense. But, um, yeah, so that's what I got for this week. And then next week, kind of building off of that article, I'm looking at Rex Ryan's defense and how Weaver, what Weaver can take away from that and the different schematic things that he can add. So that'll be out probably next Monday or Tuesday. Awesome. Yeah, so the content king kind of right now really is just is Jordan. I mean, he's putting out videos on YouTube. He's interviewing players. He's, you know, just kind of kind of the man, uh, the big man on campus right now. Um <laughs> And I couldn't be happier sharing the, the limelight with, with somebody like Jordan. So it's it's awesome to be able to do so. Um, yeah, I mean, the third down defense, it, it's a great article. And it's interesting that, you know, how many times we actually only rushed three or four was just so disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was actually really shocked by that. The numbers, we literally only blitzed um, seven defenders one time all year, just one singular time, from, at least from my watching on third and down third down and longs, which I classified as um, third down and eight or more. So that's a lot of third downs in there, and to only be sending seven defenders once, that's crazy. I believe it was six defenders just a handful of times too, maybe like five or six times. It was just absurd for me. So your 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 boy has, uh, has a question for you, and it's funny because we, we talked about this a little bit today. Yeah, yeah, so James and I are going to dedicate a whole YouTube video to look at that 2017 Seahawks game where Deshaun, oh, he put on the show. He did. Uh, it's, it makes you speechless, honestly. Like, it was amazing. So I'm really excited to watch that. That should that probably YouTube video will be out next week to kind of tease um, the next four games that we'll have. And those will, that'll be it for 2017, and then we'll get on to 2018. Yep, absolutely. That's one of the mo- that's like one of the more fun games to watch. I'm super excited to, to break that down. And, Dylan, we will make you happy, I promise. Uh, why don't you tell uh, Black, Blackie Tachi. Oh, God, some of these names are just <laughs> I, I, it's so hard. Why don't you tell them where they can find you and, and us? Yeah, so I do YouTube videos for the Texans Unfiltered channel. have it right here. I've done a couple um, breakdowns. I've done, you have the Jonathan Grenard interview up there. And then also my own channel is Texans Thoughts, simple as that. Um, just more film breakdowns there, just a bunch of different platforms you guys can find me. More content is better, right? So, yeah. Yeah, no, agreed. Uh, all right, and then I think we have some questions, right? Is there anything else that you need to plug? Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's all I got in plan. Sure. So do you, far, do you want do you want me to pull up your uh, the questions and I'll ask you guys? Sure, let's do that. That way, I, Actually, I have a, I have them written down here, but you, you can you no go ahead. Either okay. way, however you want to do it. I have them written down. All right, so first one I have from Texans Report. He asked, or she, you never know. Um, do you think we will end up with a first and or a second round pick? And if so, how do you see that happening? So for me, um, I'm just going to get the first-round pick out the window. I don't think we're going to have a first-round pick because it takes a lot to trade a high player. Like the only player that we're going to trade that could go for a first-round pick is like Deshaun Watson or maybe J.J. Watt, but those guys are off the table. So in terms of second-round pick, I could see us getting that. Um, I looked up the picks that we're projected to have for next year, so we're going to have one third-rounder, two-fourths, one-fifth, three-sixths, and one-seventh. And so with that amount of capital, we could definitely see trading up. You know Bill O'Brien is... He loves his trade, so I can definitely see us trading up into the second to really get the guy that we want for sure. What yeah. do you guys think? Yeah, I think 
I think we, I could see us potentially trading up into the first round, maybe. Um, but I don't think there's a high chance of that. I think second round, I don't know if we'll get a second round pick. I think the only player that we have that would potentially be traded uh, for a second round pick may be Bernardrick McKinney, but we're talking about like later part of the second round. Like we're not, not early second. So um, either that or maybe we package up some things to get back up into the second round. But I, I can't see, I, I don't see it. I, I just, I don't see us doing either one of those. I think we're just going to stand pat and, and do what what we can with the picks we have. And yeah, it's actually likely that if we do anything, it's trading the picks to get in the second round. Um, just because Bill O'Brien has shown apparently that he doesn't like rookies. And we had a small draft class this year. Who knows if he'll do the same thing next year and try and keep uh, pulling veterans in. But if we were to do anything, I would say we're going to try and trade some of those picks and move up in the second round. Otherwise, we'll probably just keep what we got. Yeah, so I got a little situation here for you guys I just came up with. Um, say Gary Conley, he continues the ball out like we think he will. A midseason extension. He wants his money. He's going to test the agency. He wants he wants the max. He wants as much as he can. And wh- what do we do at that point? We think that maybe we can't pay him. Do we want to trade him? Say if you can trade him for a second-round pick. John, or not John, James, sorry. I know <laughs> this is going to gonna be tough for you, but... What do you think? I think um, I think they'll try to get a midseason ex- like uh, extension done to try to keep him off the market. It won't give him top top dollar, but I think he'll get a good contract. Um, and I think that he'll take it just based on the fact that if he doesn't take it and gets hurt, uh, he's going to be missing out on a lot of money. So there's definitely some things that the Texans can do as far as signing him to a mid a midseason extension if they wait till the end of the season. I've had this scenario in my head trying to figure out how it is that we're going to keep him. And I think what we'll do is we'll sign him long term. I think, you know, a little bit less than Darius Slay money because Darius and like the, the top end, bat, you know, corners that have really played at a high level for years, it's going to be hard for Conley to get that type of money because he only did it for like seven games last year and then he's going to be doing it for another season this year. I think it's hard for an agent to be able to go to a front office and say, now we want, you know, 18.5 a year. I just don't know if that's in his in the back of his mind something he feels he can get. Um, so I think if we sign him to an extension, maybe 12, 13, 14 million, uh, we play with him and Roby. Uh, in the 2021 season, and then I think in 2022 when Bradley Roby has zero dead money, we try to restructure, and if we can't restructure, then we cut Bradley Roby. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty much in agreement. If he comes out and plays like he did towards the end of last season, um, then they're going to try and get get a deal done. I can see him really being within the $14, $15 million a year range, and that's part of the reason why I was upset that they didn't re-up his fifth. His fifth-year option because 11 million versus 14 million. I mean, I think it may income back around and bite us. Um, it just kind of depends on how he plays. If he reverts back to the Gary and Connolly that looked a little bit lost out in Oakland, then you know it's safe. But if he comes out and he just balls out, continues to play how he did, then he's going to get paid. Hopefully, it's by us. Um, however, he's probably going to want to test the market. Actually, they with a player with a roller. Supposed to career like that, if he's going out playing his best ball, he's going to try and get paid based on his best ball. What do you think, Jordan? Um, I'm with you guys exactly. I think we can get it done. I think 
it's kind of like the Roby situation where Roby took a chance on us. Like, we took a chance on him, but he also took a chance on us to try and prove himself and see if this is a good fit for him. And just a one-year deal, and he, he played really well, and he got paid accordingly. It was a very fair contract on both ends. And so I think if Conley looks at that and looks at what that situation did for Roby, it's the same sort of thing. He's got to trust in us that we're going to put him in a good position to, to succeed and ball out. And if he does that, we're going to pay him handsomely as well. So I think it all goes down well. Um, I'm really excited. I hope he's he's really the cornerback, like, kind of cornerstone of our future. It, Me too. The torch gets passed off from J. Joe to Conley. That will be beautiful. Yeah, real quick. So um, he's not the only defensive player that's going to have to be signed for big money. There's Zach Cunningham and Justin Reed are both going to be due for big money. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works. But as Dylan said, $1.5 million in dead money for 2000, 2021 for BMAC. So pretty easy to sign Zach under what we paid BMAC, maybe a little bit more. Um, and then Justin Reed and Conley. So, all right, what else you got, Jordan? All right, next question comes from Rick Carr. Um, do you think the Texans finally make it over the hump this season and at least make it to the AFC Championship game or even the Super Bowl? Um, so basically, so what we saw from last year is that we can hang with any team in the NFL. We took it to the Saints on the first game of the season. We beat the Patriots. We beat the Bills in the playoffs. And then we went up 24 nothing on the eventual Super Bowl champions. So we were really this close to getting to the championship game. And we saw that on any given day, depending on what version of the Texans show up, we can beat anyone. And with the new additions we made, Ross Blacklock, Jonathan Grenari, David Johnson, Brandon Cooks, even more. And then the internal development that we're going to have, I just I have a lot of confidence in this team, even at this point in the offseason, with everyone dogging us, the media hating on us. The one thing that stands for me is Deshaun Watson, and as long as we have him, we're going to be okay, because he's genuinely one of the best backs in the league, like a top five. I think he's going to be top three next season, MVP level for sure. You can put money on that. So with him, I definitely think we can get to the, the AC Championship game and the Super Bowl for sure. What about you guys? Yeah, I agree. I think with uh, with you know people, there's like you're either you're either a homer if you defend the Texans or you're you're you know you're a Bob hater. I am just in the camp of like we have Deshaun Watson, so I just don't care about anything else. I know that he's good enough to get us to wherever we need to go. So the other stuff just doesn't matter to me. But then when you look at the stuff that, we, like, the options and weapons he has around him and the chance this defense really can't be worse than what it was last year. So I think that I think Houston has the opportunity to, to go to the SC Championship or to, uh, or to the Super Bowl. Uh, see, I disagree with this, Cody. I disagree with this 100%. You could, you could say the same thing about Aaron Rodgers and, and Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy's play calling all throughout in Green Bay was awful. Aaron Rodgers never had enough weapons. And yet, guess what? They won a Super Bowl. Great quarterback play can overcome bad coaching. It's just the way the league works. It's the most important position in sports for a reason. Uh, John, go ahead. Yeah, and y'all nailed it. It's all about Deshaun Watson. Um, Deshaun Watson this year should actually take, in my opinion, he should actually take a lead. Um, he's not going to have his easy button anymore. He's going to have to scan the field a little bit more. He's going to have to play to an upper level. I believe there's going to be growing pains at the beginning of the season. Unfortunately, we get absolute, absolute worst draw for the first three games. And you know what? That's okay because um, we have Deshaun Watson. As long as we have Deshaun Watson as our quarterback and he's healthy, um, Super Bowl, AFC Championship should absolutely be in the range of outcomes now. Yeah. It really should be. There's no excuse otherwise. He gets hurt. Well, that's that's another story. But if he's healthy, Nick Tiano, baby. Nick Tiano, yeah. Nick Tiano, baby. 
if he's if he's healthy, we should be upset if we don't make some noise in the playoffs this year. Um, I've said it before. If we lose in the playoffs, it has to be like the Seahawks game, where it's just a it's a gem of a game. You look at it, even though we lose, coming out more hopeful than we did than we did going in. Um, it's just got to be a back and forth great game where somebody has to win it, and that should be our expectation. If anything short of a Super Bowl, have an all time classic uh, playoff game, not not a collapse. <laughs> Self plug. Yeah, <laughs> love it. All right, great answers. The next one comes from Emperor Bill Patine. My guy. Um, he <laughs> yeah. He asked for my top three. I guess our top three fantasy rookie prospects. Count me out of this. I'm a so, good fantasy. Okay, I don't. I love fantasy, but unfortunately, we don't. The Texans don't have anyone in particular who. Is really going to make it big in that unless Isaiah Coulter becomes wide receiver one, which you never know. might happen. But for me, top three guys, number one's got to be Joe Burrow. He should be the top guy. The Bengals surrounded him with a plenty of weapons in A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd, John Ross, and now even T. Higgins. So he has the weapons. The O-line isn't amazing, but it has some pieces. Um, it's really just about the scheme, putting everything together. And I think Burrow's a special quarterback. He's not going to be lighting the league on fire. He's not going to be an MVP. But just by the nature that he's the quarterback, he's going to put up numbers fantasy-wise. Um, in terms of number two, I'd probably go with one of my favorite guys in the draft, wide receiver Jalen Rager. Going to the Eagles was a great fit for him. They're going to scheme him open a lot better than TCU could. Um, Wentz, he's a solid quarterback. He's not elite. We're not going to get into that debate today. Definitely Watson over Wentz. But anyways... Um, he's going to be able to find Rager, and, and I think he's going to eat for sure. And then the last guy, and, and this really pains me to say it, but running back Jonathan Taylor for the Colts, that was one of the most perfect draft fits and the one most like heart-wrenching for us because the way they run the ball, he's just a perfect scheme fit for them. Their O-line, him, and the power run game, like he's going to put up numbers for sure. He's going to kick Marlon Mack out of the starting rotation, and he's going to put up numbers. So those would be my, two, my top three guys. Um, pretty much for me, my answer depends on how. If we're talking about most points scored, of course it's going to be Burrow. Uh, quarterbacks just score more points than everybody else. Yeah. Um, dynasty versus um, redraft. Um, if it's dynasty, it's got to be Jonathan Taylor. Um, I believe in dynasty, you try and grab running backs early, um, especially guys that can contribute quickly. Um, running backs usually contribute a little bit quicker than wide receivers. Jonathan Taylor is unfortunately in the absolute. Um, best, best spot, and it makes me sick. Followed closely behind by Clyde Edwards Flair. Um, you know, going to the Chiefs and being the starting running back for them, he's going to score an insane amount of points. And probably, um, DeAndre Swift is kind of like my third. This is all dynasty. Again, top running backs because they contribute sooner. Um, just going to the Lions, he's got a position pretty much already marked for him. And, He's a very good running back. He he's comparable to I mean him and Nick Chubb were pretty much one A and one B when they were both at Georgia. You look at what um, Chubb has done in Cleveland in two years. Swift came up right behind him. He's a great player. So him going to the Lions and he's gonna get force fed the ball. It's gonna be a great fit for him. Um, if we're going for redraft leagues, um, I usually don't take running backs that early in redraft leagues, but I would still probably take those over the wide receivers this year. It was a very deep wide receiver class, but I don't think any of them are like that wide receiver one, score a bunch of points type guys. 
Um, but yeah, Joe Burrows is definitely going to score the most points out of everybody. Yeah, for wide receivers, I, I really wanted to go Jerry Judy, but I just don't really believe in Drew Locke too much just yet. And then um, Cody Mullins asked, no C.D. Lamb top three. I love C.D. Lamb. The problem is that he's going to be wide receiver three on the Cowboys. He's Amari Cooper's going to get touches before him. Michael Gallup's going to get touches before him, and they're still going to feed Zeke the ball. So he, it's just by nature, he's just not going to get a lot of touches. So that's unfortunate. Um, Judy, they just run into a place. They're both in positions where they don't, have a lot of target volume to expect. Um, Denver's got a lot of people. Um, of course, the Cowboys have an insane amount of people. I would think that CC Lamb would do better than Judy, just because I don't trust Drew Locke. I don't trust him at all. Um, but I mean, do you trusting a Cowboy? Trusting Dak? I mean, <laughs> that still feels you know that still doesn't feel right. But CC Lamb, top probably going to be the top five. He'll probably be the top producing wide receiver out of the rookie class, but I wouldn't think that any of these um, rookies are going to are gonna win you championships this year. Yeah, that's a great point. There's always going to be that random gem who got drafted in like the fourth fifth round that will be like the Kareem Hunt or whatever of that year, but it's hard to predict that. So on to the next question from my guy Gorka. Um, what would be your ideal rotation of side linebackers and defensive line? And so I'm assuming we're going to talk about us as a 3-4. Um, so for interior defensive line first, I'd go, I guess Brandon Dunn at nose tackle. I think he's actually pretty underrated. I don't think people give Brandon Dunn the credit that he deserves. He was playing nose tackle more than DJ Reader was for us last year, holding down double teams. He's not going to make a lot of tackles, but he lets Zach Cunningham and, yeah, Zach Cunningham run free, so he helps him. Run game as DJ Reader. He just... DJ Reader had some a little bit more juice as pass rusher, done just as effective at run stopping. Yep, exactly. So with the uh, next two interior positions, next to on the other side of the nose tackle, you got to put JJ Watt in there. You know he's going to start. And then on the other side, I'm going to go with Ross Blacklock. It'll be between him and Timmy Jernigan. If Jernigan plays like he does when he's healthy, awesome. You can kind of take Blacklock a little bit slower in his development. But Blacklock brings a lot of talent to the table. And I think he'd be a great fit in a 3-4 defensive end for us. And then, so that's the interior. For the outside linebackers, I'm going to, I might be a little controversial here. One of them is going to be John Bard, rookie. Um, I really love him. He's a complete player. He's a three-down linebacker from day one. I think he was one of the most draft-ready, sorry, day one-ready um, outside linebackers in the draft. Strong in the run game, great in the pass game. He might not be a greatest athlete, but he gets the job done with his technique and his timing, and that's really going to translate to the NFL. And then I have to do it for my last one, last outside linebacker spot. It's not going to be Whitney Merciless. It's going to be Jacob Martin. He's going to come back from the from the offseason, put on 10, 15 pounds, get stronger, have more power to his game, be a full three-down linebacker, and he's going to make a big-time impact for us. I could rant all day about him, but I'll, I'll leave it up to you guys. Yes, Cody, screw you too. Absolutely love Jacob Martin, but I'm <laughs> so optimistic here. Okay, so I'll start on the inside. Uh, Jernigan and Dunn, I think uh, – so we can't, like, alternate them out. So it'll be J.J. one side. I think it'll be a combination of O'Minihue and Blacklock. Uh, and then I think Jacob Martin gets the start opposite of Witt. Um, and then I think that it'll be Witt on the other side. But I think eventually we'll see that um, – I, I think we'll see – 
I think we're going to see either it'll either be Gennard or Martin opposite of of Whitney Merciless, but I don't see I don't see Merck coming off the field, just given the extension and money, um, and also just really what you see from Whitney when JJ is on the field. When when Whit is lined up next to JJ, he tends to eat. Um, you know, he had four sacks. You know, in like three, I think it was three games last year, the first three games. So um, when JJ is on the field, this guy plays out of his mind, and then when he's not on the field, he just disappears. So, um, I mean, I would love to put J.J. inside, but I just don't see it happening. And, you know, we've had some conversations about it in the in the Texans Unfiltered Slack. Can't get into the details, but J.J.'s not moving inside. So, um, yeah, no, sorry, Houston Texans talk. That's You obviously didn't watch the first four weeks of the game of the season last year. Uh, I think he had like three forced fumbles, too, in like the first four weeks. He was a monster. Everybody was talking about, oh, this is why we got rid of Clowney. That's all I remember saying. But, uh, yeah, so that would be mine. Um, Pretty much, it's Merciless is still going to be out there on the outside. Um, He's going to be rotated with Jacob Martin. I think that this will actually save him, but they'll both have a little bit more juice because of that. Of course, J.J., the other outside. Uh, Grenard was essentially, between Grenard and Charles Aminihu, both of them are there to cover for J.J. when J.J. does J.J. things. That's what their games kind of look like, especially with Grenard when they talked about him at what he did at the Senior Bowl. Um, he just fits in as that outside linebacker that we need behind J.J. Watt so J.J. Watt can do J.J. Watt things. Um, Charles Aminihu, same thing. Um, he's there kind of as the interior presence to allow J.J. to do J.J. things. Um, with that, to me, Dunn is, the, of course, he's going to be the nose. He's going to be the zero tech um, whenever we play a 3-4. I think we're going to, based on the build of the guys that we have, we're going to play, we weren't playing as much 3-4 as we have in the past anyways. It was still our base, but it's going to be, I think that our front's going to be a little bit different. Um, I think that there's going to be more of a rotation than we've ever had in the past because you look at, some of the guys that we have on the edge, like we actually we don't have superstars on the edge. Jacob Martin's not a superstar. Superstar uh, Duke Etchafor is not a superstar. Um, Grenard won't be a superstar. Merciless, I mean, he had the numbers for a little bit, but let's be real, Merciless can't carry a defense on his own. So there's going to be a lot more rotation, and then with Dunn and Blacklock inside and JJ inside, and I mean, I working inside, and Timmy uh, Jernigan ever passes his physical. Working them inside, it'll be more of a rotational type thing and more situational. Um, a lot more speed up front than we've had in the past. I am a little bit concerned about our ability to stop the run because there's not as much depth as there is been in the past, but it's a good thing we've got two really good linebackers at stopping the run. Yeah. Yeah, just like you said, John, it's, it's really just the most depth we've seen on the D-line since, honestly, since forever. And... I like that we kind of have some specialists. Like, we have the run stoppers and Dunn in um, Grenard. He's a great run stopper. And then we got the pass rush specialist in JJ, who he's, he's kind of taking some time off in the run game. That's fine. And then we got Jacob Martin, too. Um, and then you got, like, your all-around guys, like Whitney Merciless, Charles Lemon, who there's just a lot of different skill sets on the D-line. So that's great to see for sure. Um, I think that's all I got for the questions. Awesome. Well, Jordan, thank you for for being with us tonight. Uh, you might as well chill while we finish out the rest of the show. So uh, awesome. b- b- positive vibes only. Um, you know, we, we're trying to do whatever we can for small businesses. So uh, we'll be putting sprinkling in little parts throughout this podcast tomorrow as we release it for uh, some of the small businesses that we talk to. 
Um, thank you guys for taking time to talk to me. I hope that we can send your, some business your way. We appreciate you guys uh, just for everything you do. We know you've been impacted uh, during COVID-19, so whatever we can do to help, let us know. Uh, shout out to Cody Alder, JB Buffbell, Nacho Debro, and Chad Widmer. All these guys have been here from the beginning. Well, minus Chad, Chad's, or Cody, sorry. Uh, Cody's been here for about a year and a half, but everybody else has been here from the get-go. Nacho, you're, you know where you stand with me. Brother and Chad, obviously the same. JB, I don't know you as well as I know the other two, but you've been here for a long time too, so thank you for that. I'm so happy to be able to revamp the Patreon and get you guys some good stuff coming. So uh, that'll be out tomorrow for any of you guys who are Patreons. If you're not, make sure you guys go to the Patreon page and uh, show us some love. We'll make sure we show it back. Thank you for your continued support. Uh, support. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at HoustonFBPod. You can find me on Twitter at IamYoungAriGold. That's I-A-M-Young-A-R-I-Gold. Don't forget to follow, obviously, our, our contributors and who, just everybody that's on the team. But, you know, Jordan at Texans underscore thoughts on Twitter and Texans underscore draft on Twitter. These guys are really giving you guys the content throughout the week. Uh, they're a big part of what we're trying to build, and uh, we couldn't do it without them. So, And make sure you guys click like and subscribe on YouTube. Make sure you guys subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're everywhere. Just search Texans Unfiltered. And with that being said, I am Young Ari Gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered. We'll catch you guys next year. Or next week. Not next year. We'll be here next week. Not. We'll still be here next year, too, actually. Hopefully next year, yeah. Well, we'll be here next year. Five years. We'll, we'll do it. All right. And that's it. All right, guys. Welcome to a special edition of Texans Unfiltered, as this will be specific to Houston businesses that have been impacted by COVID-19. Uh, I'm very fortunate to have a platform that I could use to help spread some love and bring attention to some businesses that have been impacted and luckily, I got my buddy Cody Johnson on from Homescapes to, one, talk a little bit about your business and what you guys do. And then also, you know, you have a YouTube channel. You're constantly on podcasts and things of that nature. Uh, you do really good work. So I thought we'd talk a little bit about that. But, uh, Cody, why don't you introduce yourself and Homescapes and things of that nature? Uh, first of all, I appreciate that, man. But, yeah, Homescapes, uh, we we do a lot of outdoor fixtures. So what I mean by that is we do a lot of outdoor kitchens a lot of outdoor uh, uh, patio stuff. So we also do fireplaces. And every now and then we get a pergola. We don't get a lot of those. But um, essentially, and I can take you around the corner and show you if you like kind of what we yeah. do. Yeah, do it. Give me one sec. But yeah, man, so we build we build these kitchens out of inch-thick steel beams. Uh, strong enough, you know, you could put a truck on it if you want to. Obviously, nobody's going to do that. But pre- pretty strong uh, substance. And then we... Work it over here. This is unfinished product, of course, but with with hardy backer like you got right here. Okay. And then we we lay the stone up here all with Thinta, and then after the fact, you see these gaps and stuff. We'll fill in with uh, mortar, like we like how you do brick and stuff like that. So, and then we fill this on top with travertine. This is one of the nicer travertines we've actually worked with. But uh, yeah, that's kind of just the gist of what we do over here at Homescapes. Uh, been decently busy, but with everything going on, some people have, uh, canceled on us or pushed us back, stuff like that. So, but yeah, that's, that's the gist of what we do over there. Awesome. How long have you guys been in business? So my boss has been doing this for about 10 years. I had just passed a year with the company myself. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I would assume just with COVID, you know, 
not this is probably more considered more of like a luxury thing for for most people. So you know, having to having to reel back on um, the expenses of adding things to their home and things of that nature with so many people out of jobs and and stuff like that. So um, that's awesome. And then you know, they they can call you guys at seven one three five four five five four four six. Um, not only do you guys do um, like outdoor kitchens, but you guys do like fireplaces and stuff outside and, and things of that nature, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, I've only since I like I said I've only been doing this for a year. I've only had a few fireplaces, but yes, we do that. And my boss, uh, like you said, call that number and he he'll get with you and come to your place and meet you and uh, help you with any needs you have or anything you might want to do. He does a lot of special stuff. Awesome. That's awesome, man. Well, cool. Well, uh, make sure you guys give Homescapes a call. Uh, talk to them about the things that you got going on in the backyard that you'd like to have done. And then, Cody, let's talk a little bit about these sections. So, um, you know, obviously you, you seem to be more just on the, the things I've heard from you. You seem to be more on the optimistic side than the bury everybody, cancel the season type of guy. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on the team and kind of where they're headed? So, yeah, I'm definitely intrigued. Like, I, I've seen you and uh, Jordan with Texas Thoughts kind of post, you know, I, I don't know how you can't be – Sorry, my camera. How you can't be excited with this team. You know, I'm, I'm definitely intrigued by this team. Um, my big thing is still you still got Bill O'Brien, and it's kind of hard for me. It feels like I've seen this movie before. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. To where the end result, I kind of see how it's, you know, based off previous seasons. You know, every, every everything changes season to season. But uh, just based off previous seasons and having Bill O'Brien still, I feel like I've seen this before, and it's hard to get extremely excited for that. I am intrigued by all the web, you know, all the people we brought in, Brandon Cooks, David Johnson, but I also have seen red flags with each of those guys, you know. So that's just kind of how I feel. I'm not going to bury them until I see it, but I'm also not going to crown them until yeah. I see it as well. No, it makes sense. Do you think that uh, with this really being like the fir- full first season of Bill O'Brien kind of having full control as compared to seasons past where there was always a GM – um, you know, it, it seems that they were never aligned uh, from a personnel standpoint and players. Um, do you, do you kind of look at that and think maybe there's a chance that this is a, a different outcome in a different type of season, given that he's had control, he's been able to add the players he wants to add, um, and, you know, he now has an actual offensive coordinator that will be dictating the offense and the scheme. Um, do you think that there's an opportunity for things to be different based on those scenarios? Oh, absolutely. There's an opportunity for things to be different. Um, for, for me, you know, like you just said with Tim Kelly actually being the offensive coordinator, I'm a little skeptical on him just because essentially his whole career he's been under Bill O'Brien, right, at Penn State yep. with here. I believe he was with the Patriots. I could be wrong on that when O'Brien was the offensive coordinator. I could be wrong. but So I, I'm interested to see how much if the offense is the same, essentially, or if he can bring a different aspect to that, to play calling, stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I definitely see this team can be different and it's on O'Brien at this point. He has the players he wants now. It's not, you know, Rick Smith bringing in Brock Osweiler or anything like that. He has the players he wants. So it's the same sense, you know, it could be different, but it could be different in a bad way as well, depending on if these guys actually work out. Yeah, no, agreed. All right. Awesome. Well, Cody, I'm gonna let you get back to work. Um, one more time, why don't you plug homescapes and kind of what, what, what they can look for and, and, uh, and things of that nature. Yeah, just Homescapes Construction. Uh, have the number right there, but just looking for, if you're looking for an outdoor kitchen, you know, with grill and uh, 
everything outdoor um mini fridge stuff like that we will build the framework and the the stonework and all of that stuff and the we can do granite tops or travertine tops like i showed you a little bit earlier but uh yeah that's kind of what we do again if you have if you have any questions call my boss at 713-545-5446 and he'll get with you on any questions you might have he'll come out to your place and meet you and kind of lay out what what you might want for you so you can see it Awesome. It's too bad you guys aren't in Austin because I'm actually in the process of actually looking to get this stuff done in my backyard. So. Oh, nice. Well, we travel a little bit. I don't know if Austin might be a little bit out of our range, but we're out in uh, Channel View right now, an hour away from Houston. So. Okay. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, uh, good luck. Take care of everything. Uh, stay safe, and uh, thanks for coming on, man. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it, man. Absolutely, dude. All right, guys. We got Chad, who is with RJ Performance Electric Company, um, but also just a little backstory on who Chad is to us and, and to kind of the channel and pod. Chad is a longtime supporter of the podcast. Um, what, at least three years now, Chad, right? Something like that. Yeah, I think I've been around since day one. Insane, insane. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, he's helped us manage our Instagram. He's one of our biggest supporters and huge in the Discord. Um Great dude. Just, you know, we ran into each other at the Chicago airport. Um, yeah, man, just uh, just a cool dude. So, um, Chad, t- talk to us a little bit yeah. about RJ Performance Electric Company and uh, kind of what they do, what you guys specialize in, how long you guys have been in business, all that good stuff. Okay, yeah. So, we started around in the early 90s, back when I was just a small child. But uh, we're a commercial electric contractor. Uh, we basically just do a commercial. Uh, we try to do tenant improvements, things like that. Uh, we've done almost every McDonald's in the Los Angeles area. Uh, that's our biggest customer. We've been with them over 20 years. Uh, they kept us going when things got tough about 10 years ago. Um, but, yeah, we just do a lot of work around the city of L.A., basically. And you guys are also you guys are, are you guys also in Houston as well? No, not yet. Uh, there's been some talk about a second shop in Houston, but I don't know if it's ever going to come to be. Okay. All right. So you guys have been around for 30 years, um, you know, a, a commercial electrical company. So you guys will help, you know, install new new electrical uh, outlets, boxes, um, transformers, things of that nature, like, I guess, talk a little bit about, you know, for the people that aren't aware of exactly what that is and, and how it, how it plays okay. part. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so, if, like, you're building a new building, we'll run the power to it, put in the outlets, the lights. Uh, most of the time, we'll buy a light fixture, stick those in. Uh, we do a lot of, like, conversions, like, when one company moves out of space and another one's moving in. They want us to just destroy everything that was there before, and they want it rebuilt brand new. So we do a lot of that also. Okay. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. And uh, what about the website? Where can they, where can they find you guys? <laughs> we don't have a website. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just Google RJ Performance. Yeah. Yeah, we're based out of Chatsworth, California now. Our uh, old office is at Silmar, so you might get redirected to that address on Google. But we're not there anymore. Okay. Cool. Awesome. So if you guys are in the LA area, uh, you guys are in need of uh, commercial electrical work, uh, make sure you guys reach out to RJ Performance. Um, 
there here for all your electrical needs. And then, Chad, let's talk a little bit about these Texans. What are, what are your thoughts on the season? Uh, how do you feel? Are you, uh, you know, where are you at with them? I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued. Um, I'm really curious how the off season's going to go with, like, practices and all that. Yeah. But, I mean, I could change a lot if the guys don't get together to practice when the season starts. But, I don't know, Bill O'Brien's made some moves. I don't want to defend the getting rid of Hopkins, but I think I can kind of see the big picture. And it's like a giant sports parlay. If it all comes together perfectly, he's going to do some good things. But you're kind of relying on a lot here. But, I don't know, there's a big upside to it. I'm kind of excited. I talked myself into it. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason to be excited. I mean, there's there's a uh, you know a ton of ton of weapons on the offense. Uh, Tom Watson's basically his third year, um, so he's only going to get better. I think that the team is in a good place. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of negative be currently around the team, just still with everything with DeAndre and things of that nature. But um, I mean, there 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 there's definitely a plan in place, and you know, I think that if this plan would have been in place. During, like on the day that DeAndre Hopkins was traded, I believe that the, the the outcry wouldn't have been as bad. But I think it was just the fact that it took two weeks to get Brandon Cooks, and we all had two weeks to just stew over DeAndre being traded. And I think that just played a big part into kind of everything that was in the in the media. Yeah, I think it was a shock too. Like nobody saw it coming. Yeah, no, I would agree. I think that played a big part. So yeah. I'm excited for Weaver in the defense, too. It'll be interesting to get something new. We haven't been a great defense for quite a few years now. Yeah, I think Weaver I think Weaver is a big piece of kind of what they want to do, and it'll be interesting to see what, what he brings. Um, he's saying all the right words with his press conference and stuff like that, so that definitely you know got, got people excited, but uh, he's got to go out on the field and execute. I think he's got the players to put together a, a, a pretty good defense, so it'll be up to him to really show – you know, what he's capable of doing. But I agree. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he comes from a, the Rex Ryan tree a little bit. I know he's got yeah. some experience with him, so he could come up with some neat blitzes. Yeah, and, and that's, I mean, that that's more than what we've seen in the last three years. So that'll that'll be nice to see. And see if he can get all the pass rushers going at the same time. You know, one of the things that Rack couldn't mm-hmm. do with Damian and Whitney and JJ is get them all on the same field and going. Uh, so it'll be nice to see what we can do with a Menahue Watt, Merciless, Jacob Martin, Jonathan Grenard, things of that nature. So um, Tim Jernigan, Ross Blacklock, there's there's a lot of pieces. Uh, they just got to come together. Yeah, there's a lot to look forward to. I agree. I agree. All right, Chad, why don't you uh, talk, uh, you know, plug RJ Performance one more time, um, and uh, I'll let you get out of here and get back to your day. Okay, for sure. Uh, we're a commercial electric com- uh, construction company based out of Los Angeles. So if like you're ever in need of any work, you know, give us a holler. Awesome. All right, guys. Uh, welcome to uh, another installment of our Helping Houston Businesses during COVID-19. Uh, we're trying to do whatever we can to help any of the small businesses that have made an impact on the, on the, the city and the people in the city. And this one's exciting to me because I see on the timeline constantly uh, about Kobo, at, Kobo, uh, Kobo S, right? No, I said it wrong. Kobo's Q. <laughs> Kobo's Q. Uh, Kobo's Q in Atascacita. Um, one of our biggest supporters and biggest listeners, Swan, always is 
just always on your timeline, always talking about going and grabbing it. And so I wanted to give you some time to talk a little bit about who you are, how you started, where you guys are located, and all that good stuff. Okay, cool. Well, man, first of all, thank you for, for having me on. And uh, <clears throat> so I, I pretty much started in my backyard about like 10 years ago. I actually started doing barbecue when I was 12, obviously burning everything. And, you know, but I just I just loved it. I, you know, just like an immediate love for it. And uh, luckily, my parents never told me no whenever I asked them to buy me a chicken or what have you so I can practice. And um Man, as time went on, you know, after football, after every football season, everybody would come to our house, and I would cook for everybody. And then, uh, you know, I mean, I just always kept up with it, but it was just mainly, you know, just like a hobby type deal. And then it got to a point where people were like, "Hey, man, you know, I have a party coming up. I'll pay you. I'll pay you. I'll pay you." And then, uh, you know, I was in, I was in corporate for about twelve years, and uh, one time, uh, you know, I, I did a I did a gig for Exxon. No, I'm sorry, Shell. I did it uh, for my my friend, uh, my good friend uh, Andy, his uh, his mom's uh, company party. And so I did their I did their luncheon. They had like I don't know, like some, you know, yeah, uh, somebody some been. luncheon, some luncheon or whatever. And uh, you know, I did I did more in that one day than I did like all month, you know, in corporate. And I was just like, mm, okay, cool, you know, but I'm not gonna jump the gun on that. And then, so things started getting a little shaky in corporate and stuff, and, and uh, man, it was just like, you know what, maybe this just isn't for me. And, you know, gave my two weeks. I really didn't have a plan, which going back wasn't the greatest move. I mean, man, <laughs> we went through a lot of struggles, bro, like a yeah. lot. Like, I mean, you know, I know people think, you know, that, you know, people think Kobo is, I mean, they think, you know, me, you know what I mean? But it's, it's, it's not me, man. It's everybody else. And I mean, you know, I was a single dad at the time. I had, I had full custody of my two kids. And I remember, uh, like I literally remember us going through, cause I didn't want to ask my parents. I don't, I just didn't want to ask anybody for any help. I remember like going through couches, bro, like getting quarters or whatever, going down to Kroger, buying stuff for sandwiches. I mean, it was rough, man. We had, like, our lights cut off, and finally, uh, you know, I mean, it just things kind of started to get together. I met my wife, and she, you know, she became very supportive, and she was very supportive, and, uh, you know, finally my dad kind of stepped in, like, wait a minute, man, you need some help. Like, stop trying to, you know, we believe in you. We believe that this can happen, but, I mean, you need some help. And so it just kind of took off from there, man. I mean, it's 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 – you know, a lot of people think it's, you know, it's an easy deal, and, and it's not. I mean, it. I, I know people that have started their own business, and, like, the next year they're, like, they have, like, all these locations and whatnot, and good for them, man. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It does. I mean, but apparently, I mean, that wasn't that wasn't my race. You know what I mean? That, that, that wasn't my race to run. You know, I, uh, you know, I, I just have uh, – I had another plan, I guess, and, I mean, we've stuck with it, and, we're going on eight years now, and you know we're just we're just very proud, man. We're very proud of what we do. I mean, we're not the biggest and what have you, but uh, you know we just put out very you know high quality stuff, man. And all our all our customers know that, like they know what they're getting. They know they're not getting uh, anything cheap, and and, it, and it's not cheap to be honest. But you know, I mean, we we continue to sell out, and and it's a huge blessing, man. You know, we do a lot for the community. 
uh, after Harvey happened, uh, we set up right here at the Humble Courthouse. You know, I'll put it on Facebook. Hey, does anybody have any need? You guys would like to donate? I want to go cook for the first responders. Um, and, uh, man, we had people from all the community, like, go drop off. I had a couple of my barbecue friends join me at the courthouse. You know, we got permission from the sheriff's department and the constables, and we fed over 140 uh, police officers and uh, uh, paramedics and, you know, just a lot of first firefighters and what have you. So, I mean, we always try to give back, man. I mean, we're kind of tied into this community. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just a blessing, man. We have, we have great customers that, for the most part, a lot of them I have, like, close relationships with. Uh, because, you know, it's not just money signs, man. You know, we're people. And, uh, you know, we're all just trying to make it. You know what I mean? And, and so, yeah, man, you know, we're, we're proud of, we're proud of what, what, what we put out. Man, there's so much to kind of unpack there. Um, the, the risk aspect of like going on your own. Like, I'm, I'm in that, I'm in that exact yeah. situation right now. Um, yeah. that's, that's where I'm at. I'm starting to, you know, do I quit my job that pays me really well to cover the Texans and build the site and, just exactly. you know, jump straight in. And I have three kids, you know, and, um, you know, they live a certain life they're used to living. And part of that can go away if I take this risk. And, and you know, kids, like, they don't understand the difference between know. that, right? They don't know. But they'll learn yeah. and they'll, they'll adapt. That's one thing kids are extremely good at. They can adapt. And um, so it, it was. It, it's awesome to hear you kind of talk about that aspect of it because it, it is scary. It's a it's a it's a big risk, but like you said, eight years later, here you are, um, and you guys are you know you guys are big. I, I don't think I don't think you realize how big you guys actually are. Like you know, to be in a Tascasita and have the following you guys have. You know, a Tascasita is not the biggest community. It's not like you're downtown on Washington or no, exactly. you're, you're on Montrose. You know, during the night crowds, I mean, you're in an area where there's not much nightlife. Um, you know, it, it's it's not very business centric, and yet you guys still do what you do. You get Arian Foster will drive down to come grab, you know, stuff from you like that. To me, like and like you said, the biggest part is people, and that's the part that I think a lot of people miss when it comes to business is understanding the people that are involved and who they are and how they help you get to where you want to go. And exactly. you, can't do, you can't do it without those people. Those people play such a huge part in what you do. And, uh, yeah, so tell them where they can find you. Where in a task casita, what your hours are, talk about the menu. I know you got these new burrito, uh, what are their tacos, right? Well, they're, they're more, they're more like quesadillas than tacos. They're okay. called birriadillas. And so what we do is we have homemade corn tortillas. And, uh, although I would love to say that if they're homemade from us, they're not, but they are homemade tortillas, uh, corn tortillas. They're fresh, they're raw. And, uh, you know, that's how we, that's how we buy them to give it that, that extra oomph, I guess you could say. Yeah. And, uh, so it's that. We use prime one brisket and, uh, we use uh, Oaxaca cheese. I mean, they're all high, high quality stuff. The the consomme itself is my mother's recipe. It's like a five hour process just to make that consomme. It's the funny thing about this is, man, and I'm, I'm gonna get to the hours and all that. Funny thing about this is, is that so I was watching a show on Netflix and I kind of saw that this is, you know, I would love to say that, hey man, I kind of just came up with it. I did it. Uh, this is kind of a movement that's happening in LA right now. This, this, this is the other thing. It, yeah. And so I was like, 
Well, Bivia, first of all, like, is, like, one of my favorite comfort foods growing up. We were poor, so we probably had it maybe, like, once every five months or so. But when my mom did it, and it wasn't made like this. It was just the consomme in a bowl with the meat. And, you know, you threw the cilantro, the onion, the salsa on there, and then you just kind of rolled up a tortilla, and you kind of ate it like a soup. But it was like a comfort food. But we just didn't have it all the time. You know, it was, it was expensive to make. And uh, so whenever I saw it, I said, man, you know, I can do that. You know, I'm going to reach out to my mom. I'm going to say, hey, man, cough up that recipe. It's mine anyway. It's my, it's my birthright. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's my recipe. You better cough that shit up. And uh, so she did. Man, let me tell you how hard my mom is, man. So the first run that I did, right, like, I thought it came out good, but, like, even then I knew, hey, this isn't it. I mean, it's not bad. You know, we had a couple friends, like, go up there, try it out. And they were like, dude, this is amazing. And I was like, nah, this isn't it. Like, I know that this isn't it. Yeah. And so I sent some home with, with, my, with my father to take to my mom. And, uh, like, I was expecting a call, like, the next day, right? Like, she's going to call and tell me, bro, she didn't talk to me for, like, three days. <laughs> Finally, I had to call her. I'm like, hey, uh, <laughs> what'd you think of, what'd you think of what I sent you? And she goes, I don't know what that shit was, but that wasn't what I told you to make. <laughs> oh, dude. Hey, but she I knows. Like, yeah, I was like, okay, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, and you're right. I, you know, I said, so let me try it again. And so, man, it wasn't until, like, the third or fourth time that, like, we hit it. Like, I was like, okay, this is it. I sent her, I sent her a batch, and she calls me immediately. She's like, that's it. And I'm like, yes, ma'am. Thank you. <laughs> you know, so we got mom's stamp of approval on that. But anyway, so right now, man, as far as like our hours, our menu, everything, everything is just so out of whack. We don't, we don't have certain hours or, or, or even a menu right now. There's a meat shortage going on. Yeah. So like what people don't understand is like, for example, just to make these, it's like literally a two day process. Um, because. I'm literally driving around to like five, six different HEBs, you know, for brisket just to get one. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm like literally having to, um, go to this store. Sorry, we're out. Go to the other store. Sorry, we're out. I mean, it's, it's like a scavenger hunt out here, man. But normally our hours would be Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday, 5 p.m. to sell out and then Saturday noon to sell out. Uh, Tuesdays have always been our Taco Tuesdays. Yep. So Twitter, Instagram, Kobos Q, Facebook, uh, www.facebook.com forward slash Kobos Q. Same thing. Cool. Yes, well, sir. 